Welcome to Running is Bullshit. I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. We're back. We're episode number 22. We're going to get straight into it because there's loads to get through. Amy, what has been your bullshit this week? Well, it's been the final week of half marathon training. Now, I use the term training very loosely because I've just been going for runs when I feel like it and just doing the distances I feel like. So I don't really think that counts as training. Um, I definitely haven't been doing enough of it if we do count it as training. So tomorrow's probably should be my last long run, I guess. I mean, the marathon, the half marathon, sorry, is um, week, uh, not this weekend, weekend after next week. So yeah, probably last long run tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe. Sounds good. Uh, so you're not using the words training plan, I notice. No, well, to be fair. Actually, you're I barely using have... the word training. <laughs> no, I never do training plans for half marathons. I just work up my long runs from at least doing 10 miles in my long runs, like whatever. But that's because in previous years, I've been doing a lot more mileage, so it hasn't really mattered. Uh, this year, obviously, has not been the same the case. And yeah, so we'll see. Just wing it, you know, see how we get on. But yeah, I, I suppose I should do a taper next week. I don't know. Uh, whatever. Yeah, these we'll technical terms. Who knows what they mean? Oh, um, as long as you can stay on your feet, you're happy, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, tomorrow I'm going to try and go out and do 10 miles, which should be okay. If I can do 10 miles tomorrow and I feel good, that's that's fine. I'll be fine. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's it. So, what's been your bullshit? You've had some very bad bullshit this, this week. Well, it's exciting. What I'm telling everyone is that I had emergency back surgery, which is technically not untrue. No, no. <laughs> sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds yeah, very dramatic. It sounds, sounds like an episode of House. Yeah, I'm going to give some gory details because it's fun. Um, it's actually it's completely not running related, but I don't care because it's my podcast. I can do what the fuck I want. Um, I, it's stopping me running, so it's pertinent that way. Okay, right. Yeah. I had a cyst on my back, right in the kind of middle of my back, just near my spine, and it became infected. And it was kind of annoying and sore, and I can kind of feel it when I was running. So I went to the doctor, uh, she gave me antibiotics and it didn't work. So I went back. I thought she was just like going to poke it or something, drain out the crap and off I go. Um, Turns out I was referred to the surgical assessment unit at hospital. Stayed there for five hours waiting to be seen. Um, So not even A&E, just like a little tiny room in the little surgical Mm. bit. Uh, Eventually got seen about 11 o'clock and I was stabbed in the back. And I mean that literally, not kind of in a betrayal kind of way. Uh, It was good Mm. fun. I just had to lay down and uh, had to get like maybe four injections into my back, which really hurt. And yeah. then she just, well, I actually didn't feel anything after that. the injections. They hurt, but they did the job and they were really, really good. Um, and then she sliced into the cyst, drained all the pus and the blood out. And uh, my favorite thing about it is there was a, I think it's a nursing assistant. She was in kind of lilac scrubs. And I just kind of heard behind me saying, I'm just going to step out of the room. And then I think <laughs> I think I heard someone outside saying, can I get you a glass of water? So I think I grossed out a nurse, <laughs> which is impressive. Oh, that sounds like it was a, a nursing student. So she's probably not going to carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, well, it's not fair, is it? So, yeah, it was like an inch on my back got cut open. Uh, drained out and then I was sent home um, but it, I thought oh that'd be it that's fine I have to go into the doctor's surgery and see a nurse every morning for about two weeks to get it redressed oh god it's a real ball ache I've got to go in for like three minutes they kind of take the old thing out they've got a packet full of shit 
because uh, it has to heal from the insides. They can't just stitch it up. So they have to pack it full of stuff, whack another dressing on it. Uh, so I've got to do that every morning uh, at just random times in the morning. And it seems my next three are just all over Cardiff as well. I've just got to oh go to different places. And Saturday, uh, the district nurse has to come and see me anytime between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Like, can you, can you <laughs> narrow that down hours. for me at any point yeah. during the day? No, we can't. Right, okay. I'll just I'll just stay in then. Cool. So I take I take it you're not running with your back packed. Well, I could technically, but showering's kind of difficult with a dressing on my back, which I'm not really supposed to get wet. So I could, but I'm using it as an excuse not to. So no no showering for the Well, I, I can, but I can't really get it wet. Right. So I kind of have oh, to have a shower facing forwards as right. much as possible. Amy, would you, um, the nurse was very good to me the other day and I kind of said, oh, I'm almost disappointed. I can't see it. She goes, oh, do you want me to take a photo? Yes, I would. <laughs> Amy, would you like to see a picture of the hole in my back? Uh, no, but it's good content, isn't it? So it, it is good content. It is being sent to you right now on Messenger. You know what? That's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's kind of like a little mouth on my back. <sighs> Seeing it nice and still. And in that state, it's fine. I think if I had to sort, I think if I had to see stuff oozing out of it. Oh yeah, yeah, the, that'd be pretty bad. That would be bad. But just a still image, that that's okay. Yeah, it's like a little mouth. It's, it's kind I've of been having fun, like confused. putting eyes on it, and uh, <laughs> and someone's also uh, photoshopped that over my mouth on a photo, which is horribly <laughs> disturbing. I can imagine it's like a little alien. Yeah. So there you go. That that's what I've been up to. I've been. Just leaning against things and going, ah, every time I sit down and uh, and having blood that, coming out of my back. Yeah, I mean, that's really good. pretty bullshit. <laughs> it's pretty bullshit. Should I talk about some good stuff instead? Should I talk about stuff to yeah. do with, well, I was going to say to do with running, but to do with this podcast, which is more important. Um, yeah. Apple have rearranged all their podcast categories, which is kind of a boring, nerdy thing. But it now means instead of just sports and recreation, they have a category for every single sport all the good sports um and in the running category we've been as high as third best running podcast in the uk that's really cool how awesome is that that's really cool is that i take it is that by downloads i assume yeah that's by downloads uh well it's itunes so no one really knows yeah weird algorithm so yeah and like 12th in the us seventh in ireland and like top 20 in a few different countries and the thing is that's between episodes so, you know, the, the between episodes, our downloads are fairly kind of low we, with a big spike when the new one comes out. So when this comes out, we could be we could be the best. Let's get to number one, Christmas number so that's, one. That's really fun. But unfortunately, there is a note with that on uh, its chartable ease And it says, please note that Apple is updating podcast genres and that chart data may be unstable or inaccurate until the transition is complete. <laughs> that's, yeah, <laughs> that's probably why. We're probably 33rd in the UK. <laughs> I imagine like most podcasters haven't bothered update their category. But you know what? That's their fault. Yeah. We're still better. Yeah, exactly. we're, we're still better than we're most. number three. Yeah, we're number three. I'll take number three any day. Right, so we've got some stuff to catch up on from the last episode. Ooh, so yeah. our good mate, Max Carnage, at Dr. G, says, I still can't believe that you don't take into account the aesthetics of your run route when out running, you monstrous brutes. Max, you are <sighs> literally the only person that does this. No yeah. one else agrees with you. <laughs> no, who, just, what your, how, how nice it is to look at afterwards and you work, Jesus Christ, you need to worry about some real things. Yeah, not how nice the route is when you're running it with your eyeballs looking at your surroundings. <laughs> it's how nice it is when it's on your phone screen in white and orange on that little map. <laughs> yeah, you need you to okay, go with yourself, Max? mate. 
Uh, there was a lot of feedback on your Strava art that we published last week. Uh, yep. It was beautiful. It was a bit of a mixed bag. It was a bit of a mixed bag of feedback. So uh, Rachel Bentley yep. said it was the best Strava art ever. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah. Very nice. Proper Ard, at Proper Ard Runner on Twitter, said, that's actually shit. Yeah, but the thing is, from Proper Ard Runner, I think that's a compliment. That's true, and you know what? I got that was one of the first me- one of the first um, mentions I got when you posted it was from Fraud. So it came yeah. off my phone. That's actually shit, and I thought, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's still yeah. that's the nicest thing I've ever heard him say. To be fair, <laughs> uh, Max Carnage was back, and he said it's the one extra long leg that really sells it. Nevertheless, I like it, endorse it, and think it's a good thing with an uh, like a an artist. What's that called? Like a palette for a colour yeah, thing, palette, yeah. a little board thing with an emoji and an artist emoji. That was that was good. I think some you time. have to put in the imperfection, don't you? It's like religious art when you put in a little imperfection to show that no one can be as perfect as God. That's why I put in the little imperfection of the extra long leg. Is know? that just what shit artists said? <laughs> so what? What's got an extra finger on that? Oh, uh, fuck it. Uh, uh, it's, um, it's because it's imperfect. Imperfect, like unlike yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely yeah. that. So, but thanks, Max. I appreciate it. Coming from you, a Strava art connoisseur, I really appreciate that mm, feedback. Yeah. Uh, Richie Clare said, I think this is a good attempt and she should be praised. Imagine how good she'd be if she'd actually seen art or a human man before. <laughs> Hashtag repeat tweet. Yes. <laughs> thanks, Richard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Amy and her lack of experience in basic things. <laughs> in humans and music and art and just yeah the whole human experience i just sit in, yeah. a, in a dark room all the time really and just let out for a brief run when i feel like it finally a 227 lears at gambrinus 9994 points out that you ran between dingle road and panath train stations which is the 19th shortest distance between stations on the rail network that's quite interesting <laughs> that's very specific trivia <laughs> do you do you think he knew that like off the, he saw that and he goes, "Oh, you know what? Nineteenth shortest distance." Or did he have to look it up? I really hope he just knew. I think he sounds like a bit of a serial killer. That's like something a serial killer would say. <laughs> really? How many pedantic like, serial killers have you heard of? It, it, I, it's just weird, specific trivia, isn't it? <laughs> oh. Well, that's this one of those ones I'm going to store away. And if anyone ever mentions mm. for any reason Dingle Road and Panath, I'm going to be getting that stat out. Love it. Mm. If it ever comes up in a pub quiz, there you go. Oh, yeah. What is the 19th shortest uh, distance between rail stations in the UK? Could happen. Uh, there were some other Strava out, out this week that got some headlines. Someone did Frida Kahlo in San Francisco, which we're looking at. Um, would you say that is better or worse than yours? Worse, obviously. Like, nothing hmm. can top mine, so <laughs> obviously it's worse. I mean, uh, there's a lot to criticise here, you know. Uh I can't think of anything right now, but it's just worth the money. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it's crap. Yeah, it's crap. Actual Strava. And, I, you know, from looking at this, I saw some other Strava. Someone drew the Hulk in Brazil in, like, really impressive detail. Yeah. Was that legit? Or was yeah, that yeah. Photoshop? No, no. That mm. was that was a thing. No. Looked it up. That was a thing. That's because people can draw it out on, a, like, a GPS device and they can run around watching that so that's cheating frankly see i had and to a, print out a paper map and i had to take it and i still fucked it up anyway but <laughs> yeah you did yeah um so on the topic of bullshit strava segments Stuart Branwood got in touch and said we created this one a while back for the road that goes up from the river to 
Cricket Club in Liverpool. Um, they sent us he sent us a photo in, and it's it's a bull, yeah. It's like a cow, a bull in the middle of a like a red bull in the middle of a pavement of a path. Yeah. Um, and it's called the Bull's Backside because of this and the fact it is a pain in the arse hill at the end of your riverside route. So there is a bull's backside on Strava. I, you know, I looked up the segment. It's not that much of a hill. Go with yourself, Stu. No, and, and what is... Is that meant to be a public art piece, like a sculpture? Because it's bloody ugly. Like, yeah, what? it is. It's, <laughs> it's kind bizarre, of the big stary eyes as well. They're a bit yeah. strange. Yeah, yeah. So if anyone else knows of any uh, bullshit Strava segments or wants to name any after any of us, you know, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'll take yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> Um, right, so after we spoke about a really shit article about how fast world leaders might be able to run, James Smith tweeted us to say he ran Pontypool Park Run with Ed Miliband and the local MP Nick Thomas Simmons. Nick, <laughs> this is the worst thing about this, Nick actually put MP in his Park Run profile name. Now, I'm straight away, I kind of think that's a fucking really wankery thing to do. But I thought, well, you know, he is the local MP. He needs to engage with local people. He's doing mm-hmm. his local park run. Is it good that people know? So uh, Yeah, maybe you could have a chat to him as you run yeah. around. You know, so about it seems a bit up issues. himself, but also perhaps it's a good thing because he's telling people. Because obviously no one knows who Nick Thomas Simmons is, frankly. Well, what, um, was, what I want to know is, firstly, what was Ed Miliband doing in Pontypool? Well, I guess just down with his mate Nick. Good friends, probably. <laughs> It's a random place, isn't Ed? I think Ed Miliband's old constituency was um, in Doncaster, or was that David Miliband? Either way, random place for him to be in Pontypool, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, what I was a little surprised about, I looked up Ed Miliband's profile. His PB is 2613 from 23 park runs. He's got really into it this year. I kind of expected he'd be a little bit quicker. That's quite close to my PB, actually, and I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a fast runner at all, so... yeah. See, I'm, not I, pu- I'm not putting that time down or anything. I just When I looked yeah. up Ed Miliband, I thought I thought he'd just be a little quick. He seems quite slim, little kind of a mm. He's got to stop halfway round to awkwardly eat a hot dog or something, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, or just, just ruin something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what we want to know is, have you ever run with a politician, and can you do better than Ed Miliband and Nick Thomas-Simmons? Uh, and even better, obviously, if you beat them in any way, you've got any other story. Mm. We want to hear about that, if you've beaten a politician at any kind of event or run. Um, the only thing I can contribute to this is, uh, in the Richard Burton 10K in 2014, I beat Stephen Kinnock, who's the uh, MP in South Wales, son of Neil Kinnock. And I, I beat him by four places and 18 seconds. I was very happy about that. And I also beat an AM, Beth and Jenkins, in that race. That's an assembly member for those of you outside Wales. <laughs> um, so I've beaten a couple of politicians. Well, that was five years ago, and that's the last one I know about. Have you seen any politicians at a race, Amy? Or a park no, run? not oh, at all. Sorry, at a park run, <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> I know local celebrity Derek the Weather <laughs> does... Um, there's quite a few local races in Cardiff, so the weatherman that uh, presents the weather on uh, BBC Wales, mm-hmm. and I'm a big fan of his, but I've never met him. I've always just missed him. It's like our run club, there was that big picture with him, wasn't there? All there of was, yeah. And, and I just missed that picture, and I miss meeting him, and I still haven't met him, and I just always seem to just miss him. But one day, he's not a politician, I mean, maybe he could be one day, I don't know, I don't know where he's... Sort of he does. He look very similar to uh, former First Minister Carwin Jones. He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all I want, I'm not, I don't care about politicians. I just want to meet Derek the Weather at a race. And I'm sure we can make that happen. 
Oh, that would, that would be living the dream right there. Always well, perhaps if you ever went to a park run, it would be more likely. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> and the final thing to clear up from the last episode is uh, the dog that VBL saw uh, was carrying corn chicken style pieces. So there we go. In case anyone was wondering, if anyone was really kind of, oh, what kind of corn was that dog carrying? Chicken style pieces. Solid choice, I think. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Over to Facebook. So Stuart Brandwood thinks he has a unique bit of running bullshit. He said he was doing the rock and roll half in Liverpool last month and at halfway grabbed a gel from the feed station. He tore it open and squeezed. There was nothing there. <gasps> Confused, he looked down and it was all over him. More specifically, it somehow squirted sideways, downwards and all over his shorts. So he's now running along, looking like either A, Pete Benkman in Ghostbusters, or B, the world's most excited runner. Mm. He said he had to grab a discarded bottle of water from the floor and hose myself down to try and return to something approachably respectable. Plus no energy gel. Utter bullshit. Never heard of this happening to anyone else. No. Um, So if anyone has ever poured... Uh, energy gel over their shorts or has indeed ejaculated on a run we we want to hear about that yeah maybe some people just really love running you know <laughs> i fucking love running oh so much <laughs> amy uh what have we had on twitter so vbl at vbl in 1986 said i joined a club tonight they put me near the front of an 8k fartlek session I knew he died, but as the new guy, I knew I couldn't. That's rough. Like, well, you're new to a club, and they put you at the, they put you at the front. You could have just, if you just kind of said, "I don't want to be at the front," and just not yeah. gone to the front. Come on, stand up also, for yourself, what man. Kind, what kind of club is like? You stand here, right at the front. <laughs> don't you just sort yourselves out? <laughs> yeah, you'd think so. Well, I suppose just wanted to look cool. That's what it was. Yeah, I, I think BBL was trying to show off and then realised he'd made a very serious mistake. <laughs> yeah. But well done for joining a club. We're very happy about that. Yeah. Uh, Kate N at Mama Needs a Min. She started listening from episode one last week and working my way forward. Chuckled during the conversation about cows, then randomly saw this and outright laughed thinking of you guys. as a sign on a gate that says, do not cross this field unless you can do it in nine seconds because the bull can do it in ten. <laughs> now, if we can forgive the Comic Sans, that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. And someone pointed out, oh, the, the original was funnier. I'm like, yeah, these things, they're never original, but... It's not as bad as the the all you know all the coffee shops that say um, straight ahead. Don't know, maybe bears left. Nice coffee. Why don't I? You know those ones. Every coffee shop does that now. Yeah. It's really yeah. boring. But Mama needs them in. Says my commutes are much more fun with you along. Thanks for the entertainment. Thumbs up emoji. Oh no worries, Mama needs them in. Well, she's from New England as well, so that's nice to have a listener in America. Ah. And she also, in another tweet, she was um, again saying, obviously, how wonderful we are. But then she said, what's this park run you keep talking about? And I kind of realised, my God, there are people that don't know what park run is. That's so weird to me. What is park um, run? I don't know. No, oh God. <laughs> so I did send her a link. She's fairly close to one in Boston, so perhaps hopefully she can get there at some point. Uh, yeah, because it's not a big thing in America, park run, is it? It's not quite... Getting bigger. I think they've just had their 36th bigger. or something like that. They're, yeah, really growing pretty quickly now. Oh, good. 
Hugh Phillips at Welsh Blue 78 on Twitter says, following on from Gaz Key's comment, also at the Sand Dom 20 in 2016, a runner from another Cardiff club stopped at 17 miles and had a pee in the middle of the path. Not even <laughs> an attempt to move to the side or the bushes, just pulled it out and hey presto. Could it be the same person? Were they, now I kind of want to, were they like just did they just stop in the middle of the path and just go i in a way i kind of want i wish they just like turned around to face the oncoming runners and just look them in the eye as they do it there's a few things here like stopping in the middle of a path no matter what you're doing you shouldn't yeah, do dumb. like it's bad enough when people do it walking through a shopping center let alone stopping in the middle of a race like and yeah. it's 17 miles as well when people are probably knackered and just hanging yeah. on in there and then peeing in the middle of a path that's disgusting yeah. And surely just whip it out. Isn't that indecent exposure? You can't just whip it out and pee, can you? Well, if, if you kind of covered up, just go to the side of the path. Do it off yeah. the side of the path, at least. Don't we in the path. I've heard about runners like just peeing as they're running. Cause, yes. Know, but that's usually the elites because there's money at state and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I know a, a triathlete who's uh, who got really into Ironman and she was at Park Run. And she was thinking, oh, I need a wee, I'll just go. Oh, God, no, wait, I'm a park run. <laughs> she, she was kind of worried that that thought actually occurred to her. Yeah. but Yeah, yeah weird. Uh, speaking of which, Gareth Barker at Explores Running says, I've never done it myself, but I appreciate sometimes on a long run you might need to take a wild poo. Today, however, my wife saw someone taking a wild poo during park run. That is the ultimate in poor Saturday morning planning. Hashtag slough. Which I quite like on the end. As if kind of, well, slough. You know what it's like. This is why I don't go park run. Classic slough. Uh, Classic slough. Taking a poo during park run. Now, look, sometimes if you've got to go, you've got to go. I mean, we can't. If you really need a poo, you just just leave, wouldn't you? And try again next week. It's park run. But if you're halfway through, there's nowhere to go. No. I just finish you know is it not finish my poo I'd, I'd go home and say right let's try again next week when i don't need a poo <laughs> it's just See, like run. we're in the middle of the path i'm fully against poo during park run i'm like yeah go for it whatever i don't i've no idea why the distinction is there i'm like yeah crack on poo with a lower case p of course <laughs> yes all right <clears throat> are you just stalling again to get think of more time to do it <laughs> You know what? It takes me by surprise every single time. I'm like, oh, I should have thought of something. Bullshit, 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 running. News. Yeah, yeah, carry on. I don't need to comment on that. It's too good. So, yeah, it's so good and normal and just kind of procedural now. It's just, yeah, just come on. Get on with it. Yeah. (laughs) First up in our. Bullshit, running news. Little little bonus one there. Um, (laughs) Ailish McColgan, uh, who run our everlasting respect after posting about having a shit race due to her period starting during the warm-up and then comforted herself by eating entire red velvet cake for dinner, has tweeted at body shamers who called her too skinny. So she's tweeted an image um, of a comment that called her too skinny and she said, nothing pisses me off more than someone making a comment that I'm too skinny. I'm naturally small, always have been. Some people are just slim. I doubt they would comment on someone slightly larger than average. I'm a healthy athlete and human. Go body shame elsewhere. Yeah, it's interesting to see 
this kind of body shaming from this point of view it doesn't actually really happen that frequently but yeah um and she says i doubt they would comment on someone slightly larger than average yeah they probably would some people are real yeah. pricks people are just twats especially online so maybe just stop commenting on other people's bodies and wind your neck yeah. in and mind your own business yeah. <laughs> that's the the main advice if people just followed that things would be a lot better <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Aish Coggan, you know, she is kind of, she is slim and she's quite tall as well, which kind of perhaps makes it look a bit uh, uh, more so. And what I always like when she's racing, she always seems to be about six inches taller than everyone else. You can always see it. She's got like giant ponytail going mm. up and down her elbow sticking right out. Um, but yeah, she's a fantastic runner. And I just love the fact that oh, that previous one, she just, I'm really sad. I'm going to go and eat a whole cake. Good for her. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Legend. So, you know, the Marathon de Murdoch, which is the marathon in France with wine and cheese. And you know how everyone goes on and on about it, but you know, they'll never actually do it. You like every six yeah. months or so, you'll see someone post it going, oh, you should do this. And like, oh, yeah, we'll all totally do that next year. And they never fucking do. People just go on about it, um, but they never do it. Well, now there is a more accessible version. There is the 10K version in Yorkshire. And it's the Marathon du Moulton, and it's labelling itself Britain's tastiest 10K. It includes local beer, macarons, and of course, Yorkshire pudding and roast beef. During the race, this is. Jesus, that's quite the mix. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but this is all during the race. I think this is fantastic. The bit I don't kind of get, because again, this Marathon du Murdoch is very well known amongst runners, and no one ever does it. How has it taken this long for someone to do that? Because there's loads of races that have the race and then they have a race village with a whole load of street food vendors and things mm. just bang them on the course market it like this in fact it's only 25 quid which is actually pretty good that's for good. a 10k and that, that's the thing that's the thing about this these pizza runs the pizza yeah. should be during the race that should be part of it like a beer run yeah and it shouldn't be yeah again the pizza run was two slices at the end this is yeah. all this kind of amazing food during the run which i think is yeah. it's hilarious let's face if it if you're sick you're sick it's part of it yeah that's going to be great and for only 25 quid that is pretty good compared you know a big mar- a big 10k can be 25 quid easy but i think this exactly. is for something different um i approve exactly you could enter a 10k and go to a toby carvery afterwards and it costs you more than 25 quid so you get any money's <laughs> worth <laughs> You're looking for that um, <laughs> that bit of Toby money there, are you? Yeah. <laughs> get my sponsorship in. Yeah, actually, if Toby's listening, get in touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do quite a good good vegan options there, so I'll be up for that, Toby. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> Toby, like as a person. Well, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, it's Toby's carvery. Yeah. So breaking the two-hour marathon barrier would be like stepping on the moon, says Elliot Kipchoge who has no doubt he will achieve it in his next attempt. Is yeah, it's not, it, is it? No, it's not. It's not. It's not like stepping on the moon. No. Are there 200,000 people inventing an entire industry and 10 years of work going into you running this thing? And no. I, I don't think that many people are going to be watching it when it happens. No. Is he going to get a call from president at the end? No. No. So. It's, yeah it's just it's just like you said it's like climbing the tallest mountain stepping on the moon and even going to the middle of the ocean I'm like well going to the middle of the ocean is not that hard you can just get on a boat it's like we were saying last week though most the average person who doesn't run or doesn't know running and not into it probably doesn't know how long it takes to run a marathon on average yeah they have no idea like there's sort of people you tell like how long it took to run 10k or or a half or a marathon they'll go oh is that good because they don't know people don't know if you're outside the sport you know so nobody's gonna care that much you really have to talk it up in order for people to realize like it's 
even slightly significant. But they're talking it up so much as any. Yeah. He's still got this thing of, oh, I'm doing it for all of humanity. And like, you're not. <laughs> you're doing it for Ineos, which, as we finally actually looked it up, it's a fucking chemical company that works in oil and gas. So. <laughs> Just fuck off. Come on. Ineos, a chemical company. That's the big name behind an attempt to run under a two-hour marathon. What is... What? Who cares? And it won't count. It won't be a world record. If he does it and there's that headline in Runner's World, I'll be like, oh, that's good. That's it. I'll be like, holy shit, he did it. Jesus Christ. Like, this is... I'm going to tell my kids where I was when this happened. Like, it's going to be like, oh, that's interesting. If he does it in a race, absolutely. I'll be bang up for that. That'll be incredible. Yeah. But, ugh, come on. Ugh. Yeah. Um, a proper world record for a marathon instead is Cynthia Arnold. She's just set the world record while pushing a triple buggy. She ran it in three hours 11. And this adds to a half marathon record of a triple buggy of 129. Oof. The triple buggy total weight was a, it actually weighed a few more kilos than me. So she's pushing my weight ahead of her in a 129 half and a 311 full that what a beast what like that's mad like when i see people running with a single buggy and doing like quite a fast pace i'm amazed so yeah. a triple buggy that is a proper world record let's see kipchoge around that yeah <laughs> yeah if you get some buggies with some screaming kids in and <laughs> i bet you didn't yeah. have to be sponsored by an oil company either no exactly Ugh. So we've got our headline of the week, and let me guess, before I even read the headline, let me guess what publication it's from. Is it Runner's World? It is Runner's World, yes. Uh, I don't know how I guessed that, I just, I don't know. I mean, it literally says it on the notes, Amy, right next to the thing. And also, it's the only place I look, because I'm really lazy. Yeah, and it's the only place that does really shit (laughs) headlines, I think. Yeah, it's kind of the only place that does writing news. Anyway, Amy, give us the headline of the week. What do we need to know? this week about running the greatest running haircuts ever okay moving on the next what <laughs> hang on the great the greatest running haircuts i had a look at the article when i saw it in the show notes and it's just as you might imagine it's shit but their choices are bizarre because a lot of them are really shit haircuts as well and these like greatest is in the most bizarre haircuts there was one as well now I'm throwing this out there. Do beards count as haircuts? Because there was a beard in there. There was normal mm. hair, like hair on the head, and then a beard. That's and not a like, haircut, that's that... a beard. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So that's yeah. really, that can be excluded from that. I was I was looking at the guy's hair and thinking, that's quite a normal cut. And he had this yeah. big bushy beard, but... Yeah, I think emotion was just like, oh look, a man with long hair, a woman with really short hair, a woman with some yeah. ponytails. Whoa, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, the greatest running great. haircut is probably like completely bold for aerodynamic reasons. I assume you would think so. Yeah. Yeah, but thanks, Runners World. <laughs> thanks, Runners World. So our main topic for this episode is there is no such thing as bad weather. Which straight away, do we agree with that statement? No such thing as bad weather. Only bad clothes. No, because most weather, most weather, I hate. Like, it has to be yeah. a very particular day for it to be good weather. Like, the rest of the time, it's shit weather. Yeah. And also, there's hurricanes. There's no good clothes no. for hurricanes. That's weather. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. 
So, yeah, we're going to talk about whether some of the dodgy clothing you're wearing and some of our experiences and some people that have uh, sent us some of their stories as well. Um, I think the toughest weather I have ever run in was Philadelphia in America in August, which is absolutely the wrong time to go to Philadelphia, by the way. The running clubs there, and I, I ran with running clubs in New York, Philly and Washington, and they all met at six in the morning. But in Philly in particular, it was 100% humidity. And people always say 100% humidity. I don't think we actually ever, ever get it in the UK at all. And because you don't really understand what it is until you just go out in it at six in the morning when it's over 25 degrees and 100%. And it's just horrible. It's the worst thing to run in. So I met up with these guys and uh, just started running and realized I was with the faster group. And they were doing about 10, 11K or something. So I just kind of was running with them and trying to chat. So I'm on holiday. I'm trying to learn some things as well. And they got about three quarters in and just threw in a little cheeky hill reps. And they were doing about 10, I think. It wasn't much of a hill because it's a pretty flat city. Um, I did two. And then I just sat down on that bench. I said, yeah, you just you guys just carry on. And when the slower group then caught up, um, they kind of sat down with me. And they kind of were saying like, oh, we we never, we never knew we could just sit down. It never occurred to us before because they've always just done them. And they're like, "Well, we'll we'll keep you company because you're a guest <laughs> in our city." And we'll and they were just like delighted. It never occurred to them they could just opt out of doing these. Um, but yeah, oh god, a hundred percent was just horrendous. I don't think I've ever been in anything like that. After no, I oh. I remember when I was in the hottest I've ever run in, or the hottest place i've ever run in was when i was in milan um mm. a couple of summers ago and in the days it was getting up to like 30 32 degrees so yeah. i got up every morning at 5 a.m to run because that's the only time i'm i'm not good at heat at no. all it makes me feel sick and i just i hate it some people are okay with heat but i'm really bad with it so i was having to get up at 5 a.m every morning i'd go to this little park and run around it and even at 5 a.m it was too it was warm for me and there was all the like old italian guys in there um like track suits and stuff and hoodies like power walking around this yeah. little park but even at 5am it was boiling hot I, I nah <laughs> yeah when I was running in um, New York I ran a couple times in Central Park as you have to and there's so many people there so well obviously so many guys running in just like a tiny pair of you know like old man shorts yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the older older men runners, they always wear those tiny shorts, just those, and just their chests out and like, yeah, <laughs> showing, the, showing off the body. And just no one carried water. That's the thing that confused me. Yeah. There's quite a lot of water fountains around there, which is good. But just like, I was the only one with a water bottle and I just felt really odd. Mm-hmm. But I guess they're just kind of used to it. Yeah, I, yeah. I suppose whatever country you're in, you sort of climatise to it. Yeah. And my hottest race was much, much hotter than that. It was about 28, 29 degrees in Dubrovnik. I did a half marathon. But I, for some reason, I just absolutely loved it. I kind of went off really slow, or fairly slow, until about 8, 9K. And thought, I'll just, I'll just pick it up a little bit because I feel fine. And all the people I was running with, they'd all overtaken me and gone. I couldn't see them anymore. And I overtook all of them within like the next 5K. And I was just doing that thing of like, you overtake people and then panic. Like, God, what am I doing? What am I doing? Why am I running this fast? I'm actually going to die. And actually, I just kind of kept it up and I really enjoyed it. I ran the last 11K in about 55 minutes compared to the first 10 in like an hour and five. So yeah, I absolutely really love that. I don't know why, for whatever reason. It was really good. Fair play though, because 28, 28 degrees is, I can't, I can't imagine running in that. I don't think I've ever ran a race that was really hot. Like Cardiff yeah. half gets too hot for me. And that's in Ooh, October. Yeah. Cardiff in October, in Wales, yeah, classic. You know, by the time I get towards the end and the sun's come out, I'm too hot then. So I can't imagine running in 28 degree heat. 
best thing about that towards the end about 2k from the end they were just uh, people with jugs of water and so i got to the first one i was just like pointing at my face i'm like go on go on hit me and i just got (laughs) straight in the face which was amazing and then there was someone else about 20 meters later and i just pointed over my head and they just poured it over my head and down my back like ice cold water oh that was good that's what you were i remember at swansea half a couple of years ago because that was again that was quite hot that i think that was in june though so fair enough that was yeah. warm but there was a guy just stood in his front lawn with a hose just hosing people down i love yes, those people they, yes those people are so good um so are they that those are your kind of hottest runs then yeah like i said i i don't think i'd be able to cope 28 degrees i, I think i'd be dead i think i'd have to drop out or something I, yeah i kind of assumed i would be but for whatever reason quite enjoyed it mm. it was weird and also, we jumped in the sea afterwards and had cocktails, so that was nice. Perfect. Um, so what about snowy runs and cold runs? Well, I quite like running in the snow. As soon as it starts snowing, I'm like, <laughs> I want to go outside and run. I, I don't mind cold. Cold is actually good. I get. I think the reason why I'm not very good at heat, because I get really hot when I'm running. So I think I wear my shorts until it gets to, to freezing. You know, I'm one of those people that I wear shorts until it gets freezing and then I might get the leggings out. And even when it's really cold, I'll I'll start out with a long sleeve top and then I'll roll my sleeves up as I'm running and I'll take my gloves off. So I get really hot when I'm running, uh, probably because I'm really unfit. (laughs) Um, So I'm okay with like cold and I prefer it. I did run when we had the bee, you know, the bees from the east when we had all that snow. Yeah, Um, I tried to get that to catch on as a nickname for me. But it didn't, didn't really work. Well, I'm the beast from the East Midlands. <laughs> well, I'm from East Anglia, so that's much more East. So fuck you. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those, now we have international listeners. They may not have heard of the beast from the East. When, when was it? Was it last year or the year before? I'm trying to think now when we had it. Um, but regardless, last usually year. when it snows in this country, it's not that cold. You know, it's not as yeah, cold it's not as that some dramatic. places. No. But I think, where, how cold did it get when the Beast from the East was here? It was really cold, wasn't it? Yeah, well, you, we can't keep calling uh, the Beast from the East because that's just so UK, fucking annoying. For the UK, it was cold. It was cold it was. and it was windy. It was like minus, I don't know, minus eight, minus six, minus eight. And then there was like... That's a, a big deal for us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, was, and it was really windy as well. So there was the wind chill as well. So, and there was a lot of snow. So as you can imagine, the whole of the UK went to shut down and... Uh, I went out for a run. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I went out for my run, and firstly, the concierge in my building just was out shoveling snow. And so I already felt bad because um, they're like shoveling cars out that had gotten stuck overnight, and there's mm. me going out for a run. And she's like, You're not going out, are you, in this? I was like, Yeah. I said, It'd be fine. It's bracing. <laughs> and then as I was running around, there was a red cross four by four going up and down the street delivering <laughs> meals to like older people who couldn't get out and stuff. I just felt like a right dick because <laughs> the Red Cross were there, like humanitarian crisis, <laughs> and there's me just, just going out it. for a run. Yeah, just no, going that's out fine. for a run. So I did feel like a bit of a dick. Um, no, I think don't worry about that. Coldest I've ever run in, and I, I really enjoyed that. It was a bit slippy in some places, but I quite like running in the snow. <laughs> yeah, because it was uh, in 2018, the early part of 2018, we had a shitload of snow and then about two weekends later we had loads again so we had like two weekends a few weeks apart i think both of those i did like 14 or 16 miles just because there wasn't many people out and i thought fuck it i'm going for my run anyway i've got this planned and it was fine we just ran around the park the part you could kind of see where the path was the snow was a couple of inches deep by that point yeah it was fine um the only annoying thing even when you say it was really cold like minus i think i just remember it was like minus six or seven i still didn't get any beard sickles and that made me sad 
Now, see, now we've got international listeners. There'll be people in America listening and be like, that's not cold. Or in Canada. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's when I start putting on my shorts at minus six. That's nice and warm then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the thing about running in the snow is, and running when it's really cold, the thing that always gets me is, well, like you say, you get really hot when you run, even mm. when it's really cold. When you get back then and you need to have a shower, you don't know whether to have a cold shower or a hot shower. Yeah. That always confuses me. Yeah, I look forward to the shower, but then it's when you get in it and it's boiling hot, and you're like, this was a bad idea. Because <laughs> the outside of you is cold, but the inside of yeah. you is burning hot. And there's the, yeah. You, you know what? One of the worst pain I've ever been in after a run was not from an injury, but when I didn't take my gloves out with me because it was spring. Well, Ooh. kind of spring. I thought I'd be okay, but then it ended up being really cold and windy and wet. And I got home and I couldn't put my key in the door. My hands were in so much pain. Yeah. Like, when your hands get cold running like that, it's probably the worst pain ever and if you when you try and get in the shower and it's just like yeah really painful yeah one of my really long runs last year we did about 18 miles and it was pissing with rain the whole way mm. what i really liked about that actually was we ran through a park where there was a 10k race going on and there was everyone there saying oh it's so cold and oh it's really hard and wet and like yeah we're in the middle of an 18 miler but good for you but it was at one point I had gloves on, which was pointless because it was so wet. But we, I was running with a couple of other people and um, we were having a competition of who can open and close their hands the fastest. And it was like, like barely open your hands out and then close them up again. It took about 15 seconds to do that. Like, yeah, this is a fun game. We're having fun. It is, the thing is about rain as well is that in the UK, you have to run in the rain at some yeah, point. Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. be precious about it. Like If you're not willing to run in the rain, you're probably not going to do much training. But it's funny then when I, I go on Reddit or um, or Facebook groups where there's people from other countries where they don't get as much rain and they're like, what do I wear in the rain and, and what should I take out with me? It's like, your skin's waterproof, man. Don't worry about it. Just go for yeah, rain. Yeah, you know? it's fine. So yeah, yeah, I did have. I don't that. know whether I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I probably have. Where I had that run, that very expensive run, um, where I went out for two hours on a long run in torrential rain and broke my brand new iPhone. I think I've, <laughs> you, I think I've explained that before, but that was um, sixty pounds excess on my insurance, so it turned out oh. to be a very expensive long run. Yeah, and I remember taking it to the Apple shop, and they're like, "Did you get it wet?" And I was like. Not really, though. But, <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing about the rain is to, you know, wrap up your electronics. Didn't we have somebody at um, Run Club who wrapped up their phone in a condom before yes, quite a wet race? Yes, we did. Race? At a, during a, a, before a trail race, yeah, she um, yeah. wanted to keep her phone dry and she whips out a condom, uh, unrolls it, slots her phone in and ties it up. I mean, it's just... <laughs> It's so strange. For anyone, for anyone looking for any tips, just a sandwich bag is fine. I just use a sandwich fine. bag, a, a zippy bag from you know a normal sandwich bag. You don't need to buy condoms. And, and like most yeah. phones now are waterproof, or just don't use your phone. Just leave it. Just, yeah, I leave my phone after the whole sixty pound excess long run. Um, I leave my phone at home if it's torrential rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing about in the rain. You can see, you can always spot a new runner who c- turns up in the rain in a hoodie. I don't, I don't understand that. I think it's people at no. park run. I see that a lot. I used to see that before. Uh, pouring around, people that rock up in a hoodie. In fact, Hugh on Facebook says he ran his first half marathon in Llethley in 2011. He was wearing a hoodie because it was cold, but it rained, and his hoodie weighed about 100 kilos after that. Yeah, it will Such do. a dumb thing to wear. Yeah, and the chafing. you got to think of the chafing as oh. well. That. That's not good. He said the biggest shame was I was wearing Caramore tights. Noob. <laughs> Blessing. Good sports direct for those. <laughs> um, 
and it's, these things, I still do this in my head. Like if it looks outside, it looks a bit cold and it looks a bit wet. Mm. You start putting on extra layers to run in yeah. to keep yourself warm. And you just get way too warm and end up yeah. having to take all of those layers off. And you sto- you're soaking it anyway. So what's the point? Yeah. Conventional wisdom is always dress for 10 degrees warmer than it actually yeah. is. Because that's how much you'll hear. But I, I find with running in the rain, you don't want lots of stuff clinging to you. Your skin is waterproof. You'll be fine. Yeah. I, if it's warm enough, just wear a t-shirt and shorts. Just get wet. Stuff to, yeah, there's that stuff to cling to you and rub and yeah, all that stuff. That's the other thing. Running in the rain is Vaseline delicate areas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Plaster up them nipples. Yeah, and it's, and I find as well, like, the um, the waistband of my shorts always rubs against my back and makes yeah. it bleed. <laughs> Seriously rubs against my back in the rain. So, yeah, Vaseline up those areas. Absolutely. Well, okay, speaking of uh, bad weather, we had a message from David Sinclair. He says, when I think of a race in bad weather, he says, training runs are somehow fine, which is, yeah, they kind of are. I instantly think of my most hated race. He's again talking about the the Clenethley Half Marathon, which he did with his mate Lee in 2015. Now he said, nothing against the race. I'm sure it's great. I just hate it with a passion. (laughs) And I know a lot of people that did this and hate it and go on and on about it. Uh, He says, I had a bad injury at the time, but insisted on doing it as it was on my birthday, which is great logic. We got soaked just getting to the start. It was so bad I wore my coat, but realised a mile in I shouldn't have, so I had to tie it around my waist. The course was along the coastal path, so we got battered by the rain, and it was out and back, so I also had the supreme pleasure of seeing the fast runners come back whilst I had ages to go. This was perfectly emphasised by the sight of our Adonis-like Nike Run Club coach floating top speed towards the finish, just wearing a vest and shorts, I presume, and looking as happy as Larry. There was zero support because it was pissing it down. And from mile seven, the injury really kicked in and the rest was a wet, blowy slog to the finish. Hated every minute, never again. To put it in perspective, when I finished, I met mates for a chat, dried off, had a full sports massage, went for a cup of tea. And as I was leaving, three and a half hours after the race had started, I saw the last run across the line. I have nothing but admiration for her for keeping going in such crazy conditions still hate it that's grim yeah i know I a mean, lot of people that did that race yeah. and they they still go on about it years and years later about how yeah. much they hated it i i thought the the five mile the seven bridge one that we did was bad but having to do that for a half marathon nah. yeah yeah that is that is tough nina noseberg also got in touch and said she ran 16 miles in minus 15 weather. And can I just say, before anyone acts mates, isn't she from Finland originally? She is, yes. She, she, this is that's a normal run in Finland. Nothing yeah, but she's a either. rubbish Finn. She doesn't like cold. She complains it's cold here when it's like fairly warm. Oh, she's a well. rubbish Finn. So she had a buff covering her nose and mouth as it made breathing a bit more comfortable, which is a good tip, actually. Yeah, if it's too cold, put a buff over your nose and mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so she said she pulled it down after a while without really thinking, decided to put it back over my face later on, only to realise it frozen solid where I had been breathing through it earlier. Nice. Snowman emoji. Carried a little block of ice with me for the rest of the run. Also, couldn't carry water with me on that run either for the same reason. Yeah, and the best thing about that, she couldn't carry water. So her mum actually just drove around and gave her snacks and water on the way. Oh, isn't that lovely of Mrs. That, Newstock to do that? That's a dedicated mum, yeah. Yeah, if you've got a crew for a training run, that's fantastic. Especially when it's minus 15, which again, yeah, for a proper yeah. fin, should, shouldn't really be an issue. No, that should be shorts and t-shirt weather. Absolutely, yeah. Um, speaking of uh, running when it's, well, 
it's not no obviously nowhere near as cold as that this was uh january it was about five degrees but it kind of it looked kind of cold it was a really nice bright sunny morning though is this uh, the we Ogmore went... run no just... no no this is uh... uh this is the cardiff three peaks which i invented oh right okay it's quite a hard hilly run. I put on the Facebook, like, I'm going to go and do this. It's 13 miles. It's like 800 meters of elevation. So if you're coming along, you have to be used to that. And we're going to run it in like two and a half, three hours. Um, my mate Dean turns up. He's wearing four layers. So he's got a base layer on like a Lycra t-shirt, a t-shirt, I think then a running jacket and then a body warmer over the top of that as well. And like we got to the top of the first hill and there's me another guy in shorts and t-shirt and we were steaming because it was sunny but cold. But yeah. we kind of felt all right by then. And you could see the steam coming off our heads. Mm. And about halfway around then, he goes in his bag because he's got, oh, I'm still a bit cold. And he pulls out sheepskin mittens. Actual <laughs> big old fat sheepskin mittens. Dude, like, why have you brought those? It's just, I've never seen that on a run before. He's wearing all these layers. He took off two of them. And then he pulls out these mittens to, like, to make space in his bag. It's just incredible. That's amazing. I've heard of runners wearing socks on their hands because they haven't got any gloves, but sheepskin mittens, that's just something That's else. really weird. Yeah, absolutely. Maria Wicks said, Once I was out on a run, it suddenly started raining so hard, proper torrential rain, and I wasn't wearing a cap or visor. In the end, I had to stand and wait for the rain to stop because the rain was so hard it filled up my eyes and I couldn't see. <laughs> that's an interesting phrase, the rain filled up my eyes. Um, yeah. I can't open my eyes underwater, but if I could, it would imagine it was like that. Do running goggles exist? Yeah, oh, I, I had to include this. So, <laughs> it, it filled up your eyes. <laughs> that's that's not a thing you've got a serious issue your eyes what don't you hate it when the rain fills up your eyes and you can't oh they're just completely full of water yeah (laughs) but i feel your pain maria because i you know i've had several try again i feel your pain maria because i do know the feeling of going out especially during the winter when it's dark and down Cardiff Bay Barrage, which is very exposed. And if it's windy and it's raining, I've had to do some of those runs with my eyes closed for a good portion of it. and just hope for the best. (laughs) Well, to be fair, you do run that route every single time you go for a run. So you should know it by now with your eyes closed. Yes. So luckily I'm fine, but there are runs when I can't open my eyes. And and if you've ever had those runs where it's raining and so windy that the rain hurts your face, like physically hurts like tiny pins sticking in you yeah i kind of feel it but i've never had my eyes fill up with water from the rain just no that's that's a really bad sign (laughs) chris whitmore says years ago running the henfield half i commented to the runner next to me that some light rain would be nice and the heavens opened cotton t-shirt ended up stretched down to my ankles it was so wet be careful what you wish for and that's kind of a a, like a frustrated emoji i would call that perhaps upset emoji i'm not really sure Mm. like squiggly mouth cotton t-shirt chris i mean oh that's rookie shirt come on cotton t-shirt even in in any weather that's a bad decision you want to get a blend. You don't want completely polyester. You want a nice blended T-shirt. A bit of in-between. Cotton. No. So, uh, after all that, there's no such thing as bad weather. I think we've pretty much concluded there absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah. And, and do do we have any fair weather runners, some self-confessed fair weather runners listening? Does anyone just look out the window and see rain and be like, nope, or do you go and brave it even in torrential rain? Yeah, I, I know plenty of people that are like that. Let's see if they'll admit it. 
Yeah, because you know, because when you turn up to run club when it's raining and there's only five of you there, you think. Mm. Yeah, mm. and also, yeah, we obviously want any more of your stories about running in extremes, just to make us look really stupid. To be like, oh, I can't run in twenty three degrees, and you can rock up and say, well, I ran in forty two degrees, just to yeah. try and make yourself look big. Okay, we'll have those. I mean, we'll <laughs> we'll take the piss out of you, but you know, obviously, we want those stories as well. Tell us about bad weather, or tell us how hardcore you are, and uh, you, you went for a run anyway. That's what we want to know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, Stuart, what have you got next apart from having your back drained every day? Every single day, yeah. Um, well, I don't know if I'll be running again next week. I probably will do at some point. Um, hopefully, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have my first and probably only crack at a mile race this year. I think I did like five or six last year. I really got into them. I really enjoyed them. So I might do one, and I might not. It's the one I do every year, so I'll probably go and do it in some fashion. But I'm also moving house that weekend, so ugh. Yeah, life is coming at me fast at the moment, so I should have time, but I should just do it really badly, probably. So there we go. Have you entered the elite or the fun run race? Have you entered elite fun run? I don't do fun runs, please. <laughs> I last when I did it a couple of years ago, I entered the fun run because I was a bit. I can't remember what the threshold is. They say for the elite seven minutes. Yeah. I, I entered the fun run because I was worried about that, but I ran fast enough to do the elite. So if I was to enter it again, I'd just go for the elite, I think. I did like a few years ago, a club mate of ours uh, then, she entered the fun run and her time was the same as the elite runner. So she didn't win because she was in the wrong race and she probably would have won it. So mm. I do like to remind her of that every time I see her. <laughs> Amy, have you got anything? Or are you being a taper now? I'm being a taper. That's probably what I should do, I guess, in this training plan that I've been diligently following. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to Iceland on Saturday. I mean, I say I'm doing a taper. I do want to do some running when I'm over there because it's, it's Iceland. So I probably won't taper that much. I'll have a terrible race. Um, yeah, and then I'm doing Reykjavik Marathon on the Saturday or the Sunday. I think it's the Saturday. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Half marathon. <laughs> Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, half marathon. Because you because yeah. you pussied out of the full marathon. I pussied out the full marathon. There's no way I can do a full marathon in this day. Although I said that about the ultra and I still did that. But, but I'm being sensible and I'm just doing the half. So yeah, that's my plans. Iceland, and I think the weather will be pretty mild. I think it'll be perfect racing conditions. That'll be it disappointing. Actually, it doesn't actually get that hot in Iceland. So best place nope. to do a run. That's weird. No. I mean, with a name like Iceland, you'd think it'd be like 28 degrees, but it's not apparently. So weird if you want to get in touch with us uh tweet us at running is bs you can facebook us running is bullshit and you can email running is bull at gmail.com and to try and game some of these charts a little bit more please go to uh itunes or wherever you get in your podcast give us a five star rating give us a review uh if you want to give us anything less than five stars uh, don't just we're not no. interested in that no we, we only want adoration we don't want criticism we don't accept yeah. it and we'll have them taken down because we know people at Apple. So don't even bother trying. Oh, yeah. Bobby is all over us. <laughs> Bobby will take those reviews straight down as soon as they go up. <laughs> right. Until we meet again. See you later. Goodbye. Bye. That was almost a, a finish there. Bye. New.